Hello, everybody. My name is Kevin. My name is Dusty. Welcome to the Double Take Podcast, where we review what made you say what, what, and do a double take this week. You're listening to the Double Take Podcast. Double Take Podcast. What? See what we did there? <laughs> where your hosts review what made you say what? 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 What happened? And do a double take this week. Welcome to the show. This is Double Take. Hey guys, welcome to another week of the Double Take Podcast. Before we get into the news, Dusty, how's your week going? No, it's going great. Well, actually, um, not so great. I um, was out late last night and thought it would be a good idea to wait until today to do absolutely everything. So I'm, um, you know, a hot mess. <laughs> oh, I've seen you here before. Uh, oh, <laughs> I also know you asked me to go with you last night. I'm like, oh, I gotta work. I, I was like, oh no, you have plenty of sleep. You know, I went to bed one hour before you got up to go to work. I, I was actually probably up. I got up at five. Yeah, I went to bed at five. So two different lives we're living right. <laughs> yeah, and we still have a time to. Well, you know, we still have a chance to do this. Maybe not time because you look like death. But Thank besides, you. I feel that, like death. Uh, my week, my week's going great. Thanks for asking. Um. Uh yeah, last be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> this last weekend was fun. I went to Polish Fest here in Milwaukee. Um, then are you in Polish? Me. Nope. <laughs> sure. I, say, I thought you were German. For the record, <laughs> everybody, I'm not Polish. Yeah, I'm not either. Um, well, actually, I am. Sorry, I lied. I'm I'm well, still, I'm still yeah. drunk. <laughs> You're a Polak then. Thank um, you. That's what my grandpa said. <laughs> Jeez. Um, my dad usually calls me a doorknob. Oh boy. So. Uh, but yeah. Otherwise, then uh, Sunday we just. Went out for lunch for uh, Father's Day. Then, hmm. uh, yeah. Cool. Saw you. Yeah. And then that's when you left to go die. And then uh, and I, I went did to bed so and slept well. I did that gracefully. And I feel great. I feel like shit. You know how many bottles of water I've drank just before starting this podcast? I'm on number four. Did you get the poop in your hand? Probably. I also had a lot of tea. Courtney, my, the people I live with my, is my sister and her husband. And my sister's name is Courtney. And they have coffee. But those sociopaths have no creamer they drink black coffee they drink black coffee only sociopaths drink black coffee like i'm concerned for my safety and i'm concerned for theirs as well <laughs> um yeah yeah my right. uncles all drink black like, that's how you be a man i'm like no that's how you're a sociopath if yeah. you drink black coffee. it tastes gross everybody black coffee is gross yeah if you i can, don't care what anybody you say if you can drink it you're insane and you belong it's, in the it's same <laughs> Poor people. There's a lot of people. <laughs> My grandparents drink black coffee. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, let's get into the news. <laughs> Family's dog put down by mistake at North Carolina Animal Shelter. Davidson County, North Carolina, Joey Varker's family is still trying to figure out how their dog was accidentally put down over the weekend. Their dog, Blazer, bit a young family member last week. Although the injury was minor, they sent the dog away to the Davidson County Animal Shelter for a 10-day quarantine. The family received a document from the shelter showing they were improved to get their dog back after the quarantine. Barker's wife stopped by the shelter on Tuesday to check on Blaze after the shelter workers couldn't find him. When she got to the animal shelter, they showed her a picture of a completely different dog. And of course, my wife said, that's not my dog. That's when she found out somebody euthanized Blaze just days after the dog got to the shelter. We were told that the cleaning crew put our dog in the wrong kennel, and that's how it got confused. It's an unfortunate incident, and a mistake was made, said Jeb Hanner, the county manager. Hanner said this is the first time something like this has happened since they took over the Davidson County Animal Shelter four years ago. Normally, there's a process they go through. They get taken in, a picture made, and all of that. 
and this was in between that stage. So we are taking extra precautions to double check that going in so that this doesn't happen again, Hanner said. County officials said they feel for the family and are working to rectify the situation. We were offered any dog at the sh animal shelter. We were also offered $300 by the county manager, which I think is kind of insulting, Barker said. Barker said nothing can replace the loss of their beloved dog. I just want answers and I want it to be prevented from happening again, he said. The county manager added that the family could have quarantined the dog at home if they provided proof of vaccinations. Barker said they were never given that option and it's no excuse for what happened to their dog. Kevin. So the county manager basically was like, you could have prevented this yourself. <laughs> Dumb. It's like, pretty much dick. It's like, hey, hey, bro, you killed my dog. Uh, or are you you're going to come at me and tell me it was my fault? Also, like, I'll give you a $300. Like, yeah. like oh, oh, cool. And where's my dog? Like, you killed him. Like, oh, my. I could not. As somebody who works at an animal shelter. Yeah. How, the, okay, yeah. The process. Yeah. You tell me. How can that happen? At our shelter, uh, when a dog gets taken in, um, they get a specialized tag. They get sent to a specific location. Now, never – well, I can't say never, but as far as I know, we have never mixed up an animal that bad, right? Sometimes an animal isn't where it's supposed to be, but then you do a little bit of research and you find out where it is. We, in order to euthanize an animal, they go through like four or five checks with the microchip number, the ID tags, where they're located. So – Honestly, Isn't there some kind of list too of yeah. dogs that are being euthanized. Yeah, and we even call the owners and double check to make sure like this is what they want to do, and if they put down that they don't want to be contacted, then we still go through a, a separate checklist to make sure it's the same dog because that is just absolutely heartbreaking. I don't even know what I'd be able to do, um, considering the dog was only in there for minor injuries to somebody, right? Like, into a family member. It wasn't yeah. like a stranger. They really shouldn't have been in there to begin with. But the ten day rabies quarantine is actually something that is law. Pretty much across the land um, here in Wisconsin, we do have a 10 days rabies quarantine. Um, and usually it's not that intense. You know, they just kind of sit there for 10 days. And you're like, oh, you don't have rabies. Go home. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but God, I feel so bad for this family, especially because they actually did want their dog back. Yeah. Because they were just making sure he was OK. Yeah. Because I, I wonder if that wasn't like normal behavior. And they're like, oh, that's not normal. So maybe that's why they did it. But I think they were just told that it was, you know, the state law or a safe practice. And they were just to trying do. to follow the stuff. They were actually being good dog owners. Yeah. And then they were just punished for it. So, you know. <laughs> uh, Yikes. Next. Colorado woman still searching for kidney donor after nearly 20 years. A Colorado woman has been waiting for a kidney transplant for nearly 20 years. Amid the heartbreak, Amy Meyer continues her struggle to find an organ that will be a match. Battling kidney failure is a horrendous process. Three times a day for six hours a day, Amy heads to the Kidney Center of Westminster to have dialysis machines do the work her kidneys can't. It's something she says she's done for nearly 19 years. I've been doing it for so long it's part of my life, she said. Meyer has been living with the consequences of kidney failure since her teens. The Holy Family High School Cafeteria Cashier puts on a brave front, keeping everyone else's spirits up at the center, calling them part of her family, she tearfully said. They're good to you. Amy said she has moments when she can't fight back the tears, especially when she thinks about how much she wants to live a normal life with her son, who just graduated from college. I want a kidney, she said. Amy is trying to find herself a kidney through her Facebook page and has even posted a decal on her car. Amy said she hopes someone somewhere will be a match, if not for her, for someone else. Don't take your organs to heaven. Heaven knows we need them here, she said. If you would like to help Amy Meyer with her search and increasing medical bills, visit her Lunch Lady Needs a Kidney Facebook page. And we'll be posting her links in the description of all of our podcasts, wherever you are listening. Kevin, what do you think? 
That's a tough go, yo. Also, like, 20 years? 20 fucking years. Isn't there a fucking uh, organization that there's a list? Yeah, there's a list. If Frank Gallagher on Shameless can get a, a, or a kidney or a liver. Yeah, but it goes, it goes by. I know it's a show, but. Like, but it goes by need. So she's, I guess not, she's, technically, she's not technically dying. But, I mean, she's going to the clinic six days a week for four hours. Yikes. Three times a week for six day, hours a day. Three times a week for six hours a day. So six hours of her day she's spending at a clinic three times a week. Yeah. Like, I think that's a little dire need. If she doesn't go there, she could die. But it's also one of those things where there's people who are literally, like, dying. When they're dying. dying, yeah, dying. and they're the ones getting Also, the where is her goddamn family? Well, she said she wants to live a normal life with her son. Okay, well, she just has a son? Yeah, probably. Where the fuck is the rest of her family? Like, my goodness. Like, if my if one of my siblings, even my shit brother, needed a a kidney, I would I would give it to him. If, yeah. Well, if, if we match. If, I guess that's all they, they couldn't match. But, I mean, usually siblings and family members... The statistic is higher. I I wouldn't match with my sister, and well, that's uh, a special case. But I mean, yeah, and uh, I have a cousin who had a kidney transplant twice. Uh, the first one, she when she was born, uh, her kidneys failed when she was born, uh, and then she got a kidney from my aunt, and then uh, she went through chemo and it killed the kidney. So it was either she die of cancer or not have a kidney. So she was on home dialysis, where she was on dialysis hooked up to a machine literally all day every day. Because her body would not process anything. Um, then she received a kidney transplant. A random luck. Somebody literally walked into the hospital and said, I'd like to donate my kidney. And she got a phone call that night to oh. go in and get the kidney. Um, and now she has the kidney and she's going back to her normal life. Um, but that's right. just kind of what can happen. Right. You know? Well, I hope this. Ha- I hope we get. I hope this can help Amy. Um, I know we don't have that much many listeners at the moment. But at the same time, it's like we got some. I want to like. Hopefully, she's getting a lot of responses on her Facebook page. Yeah. We're going to try everything we can, Amy. We're going to blow this up. Because that's a... <laughs> figuratively. <laughs> not literally. Hashtag uh, the lunch lady needs a new kidney. <laughs> that's a great line, by the way. Yeah. I would click that. <laughs> Clickbait. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. I don't know what else to say. That's just a rough go, man. Stay with it, Amy. Next! A few french fries short of a Happy Meal Award of the Week goes to... Drug dealer jailed for printing his own name on drugs. A drug dealer has been jailed after carelessly stamping his very own name onto his drugs. Stefan Best, 30, appeared in Brighton Crown Court on Monday the 3rd following an earlier guilty plea to the possession of cannabis and four counts of possession with the intent to supply drugs. Sharing a mugshot of Best on Facebook yesterday, Sussex Police wrote, This is Stefan. Stefan had a storage unit full of drugs. Stefan stamped his name onto his drugs. Stefan was wanted and handed himself into police. Stefan expected to be imprisoned and took a bag. Stefan packed drugs to take to prison. Stefan didn't think we'd search his bag. Don't be like Stefan and deal drugs. Kevin. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> didn't think they'd search his bag. Uh, they'd search everything, just if you know what I mean. He was just going to walk into jail and start selling drugs. Jesus. I don't know. He's yeah. a lot of fry short. Yeah, a lot of fry short. This is worse than that guy with his name on his neck. <laughs> this is like, oh my god. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, was it last week or the week before that? First week. The guy, a guy had a a name tag around his neck and lied to police about his name. And the, and the police, oh, the police were had like, to do oh, is look, look down and you know police can read, right? 
Uh, Apparently, this guy didn't think that. <laughs> this guy didn't think so either. You know, like, these guy, this guy, and the guy from the first episode should team up and create like a crime organization. It'd be the worst one in the history of the of the world. But uh, they might help police. Yeah, track the DC down universe could even track them down. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's got a good branding. Um, <laughs> except you shouldn't be. Maybe put into something better. Use like not drugs. Uh, you know, like hey, sell cookies. And if you're in California, you can even smell, sell pod cookies. And then yeah. you can put your name on it, and you'll yeah. be fine. That's where he should have moved somewhere where it was legal. But he's in Sussex, Wisconsin. No, no, he's in Sussex in the UK. Oh, oh the real yeah. Sussex. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no offense, Sussex, Wisconsin. <laughs> no, uh, all offense in the world, Sussex, Wisconsin. It's kind of like Paris, Tennessee. Like, go fuck yourself, Paris, Tennessee. Like, Mars, or London, Canada. Like, Mars, uh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. The Martians are like, hey. What the hell? Um, yeah. A lot of french fries short of a Happy Meal for sure. This guy is an idiot. Anyway, next, Babe Ruth's jersey sold at auction for record-breaking $5.6 million. It's been more than a century since Babe Ruth started his baseball career, but the Bambino is still breaking records. A Babe Ruth New York Yankees jersey from 1929 to 1930 fetched for $5.6 million at an auction Saturday, marking it the most expensive piece of sports memorabilia ever sold, according to the auction house. The previous record was a 1920 Babe Ruth jersey that went for $4.4 million. While the record-setting prices attained today are certainly astonishing, I'm not surprised at all given the incredible materials and the mythical status of Babe holds in the history of this country, David Hunt, president of the Hunt Auction, said in a news release. Ruth's legendary baseball career spanned 22 seasons and included 714 home runs and four World Series titles, according to the National Baseball Hall of Fame. While he's known for playing for the Yankees, Ruth also spent time with the Boston Red Sox and Boston Braves. In 1936, he became one of the five inaugural members elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Kevin, you're a baseball fan. I'm really not. Tell me what this means. Whoa. Um, well, in my heart, he's the home run leader still. Fuck Barry Bonds. Anyway, that's a lot of money. Um, also, just to say, like, yeah, it's been over a century since he started his baseball career, it says. And he's still breaking records. Of pe- also, it's crazy... I'm guessing this jersey had to be in good condition. That's what I said that right. Yeah. Mythical status. Meaning well, I think it's just him. But also this thing must have been in good shape because no one uh collector is not gonna buy a Babe Ruth jersey for that much money if it's not in good condition. So my question is where who had this before? Well, I was in the article I didn't include it because I didn't really think it was that important. Um, but they said there was only a limited number of Babe Ruth memorabilia items that are actually for sale on auction yeah. because nobody really knows who has them because it's all private people who own them. Exactly. Um, and no one's going to let go of a Babe Ruth memorabilia. No, but some people have, but when they do, they donate to museums right. and things of that nature because who's going to sell it? You know, They want other exactly. people to see it. Well, I'm not sure, everybody. I'm sure the Baseball Hall of Fame, I think, has a lot at their museum. Um, not a lot, but I'm sure they have a few things. But, like, I want to know who bought it, like. What the hell? Are you, I mean, I love baseball. Huge fan. B- the Bambino is like one of the be- is the best baseball player ever. Well, but if I had five million dollars to spend, it wouldn't be on a baseball. That's jersey. what I'm trying to say. Like, what are you gonna do with it? You're gonna put it up on a wall and be like, "Hey, well, it's, it's I like bought ar- that." It's like art. You know? Like, I'd rather have it at a museum. To be honest with you, I don't mean to quote Indiana Jones, but it belongs in a museum. It belongs in a museum. And. I think it. I think it would belong in a museum. I would. Like, it's selfish of someone who has that much money to just buy that and be like, I can only see it now. 
screw all of you. I mean, like, there's so <laughs> many baseball fans that would have loved to see that. Yeah. And now none of them can ever see it. I mean, I'm sure there's well, other And the hard part is you really don't know what they're going to do with it. Yeah, you never um, know. They're going to sell in the black market. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they bought No. Uh, no, I actually think that uh, some people out there would buy it and donate it. But my hope is they go to Pawn Stars and try to sell that. Hi, I'm Rick Harrison. Yeah. This is my pawn shop. <laughs> yeah, that would be an amazing episode. <laughs> okay, next. Sylvester Stallone kept his turtles from the original Rocky film, and now they're 44 years old. Sylvester Stallone kept the two turtles from Rocky, and they're still thriving. The two turtles, Cuff and Link, starred in the 1976 film Rocky and made a comeback appearance in Creed II, released in 2018. Stallone, who is 72 years old, shared a photo of the turtles on his Instagram account earlier this month. He said the turtles are now 44 years old. In Rocky, Stallone referred to the turtles as the exotic animals I was talking to you about. These are my friends, Cuff and Link, when he introduced them to his love interest in the film. Cuff and Link are alive and appear to be living the life of relative peace and splendor. Kevin? This is awesome. I, I, I texted you this on Facebook because I saw it and I thought it was amazing. Uh, I think it's cool because I didn't know that turtles can last that long. They're older than I am. Well, yeah, like twice, as old, twice yeah. as old, actually literally twice as old as you and I. So like, that's insane. And I, I didn't know he was 72 years old either. Like I was thinking like 44 years old. How, Damn. How, how old, how old is he? And as a 72, I'm like, Jesus, he looks great. <laughs> yeah. He looks 72? better than Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's for damn sure. <laughs> um, but like, wow, 44 years old. That means just also he took, I guess, I don't know if turtles are hard to take care of, but I mean. I guess I, if you're wealthy, the, I'm sure. But the two turtles he has are called uh, radiator sliders. Uh, they're kind oh, of, they're okay. pretty common, um, and uh, they're invasive species in lots of parts of the U.S. Uh, but they live 60, 70, 80 years. Wow. Um, so they might outlive him. That's insane. <laughs> I think that's really cool, though. Hopefully he doesn't leave it in the will where they have to be euthanized, you know, <laughs> referring back to yeah, last week's episode. Like that fucking bitch. Yeah. Mm. But good job, Sylvester. Yeah. Hey, do you have an article that made you stop and do a double take? Send it to us. Our Twitter handle is Double Take Podcast. That's 2x Take Podcast. Now back to the story. Next! Prosecutors drop criminal charges in Flint water scandal. Nearly four years since the city of Flint declared a state of emergency over the state of its water, and three years after the first criminal charges were filed against government officials, prosecutors on Thursday dismissed all pending criminal cases, pledging to start the investigation from scratch. Prosecutors said they had grave concerns about the investigative approach and legal theories embraced by the former Office of Special Counsel, OSC, that oversaw the investigation. Melissa Mays, 40, a Clint resident and founder of the local advocacy group What Are You Fighting For, <laughs> told, CNN, <laughs> that's awesome. that's funny, yeah. uh, told CNN that she first learned of the dismissal through a call from a New York Times reporter. I was horrified. I felt blindsided, she said. The way we saw the message delivered today is hurtful. It was re-traumatizing. May says that her family is currently saving up for a water filtration system. We have a constant fear that this will never be fixed. It's not fair. We don't ask to be poisoned, she said. Flint Mayor Karen Weaver said the dismissal gave her hope for restoring justice. I am happy to see that this case is being handled with the seriousness and dodge determination that it should have been handled with from the beginning, Weaver said in a statement to CNN. Still having to buy bottled water, longtime Flint resident Fontina Harris, 67, told CNN that she feels like there's nothing he can do. We've been dodged out, misused, abused, and we still need to pay water bills and wash our bodies, he said. We don't get any supplement, no discounts, or anything for buying water. We gotta fend for ourselves. Kevin? What? 
It's been four fucking years. Yeah. Remember back in 2016, well, actually, I think it was 2015. No, it was 2016. They were doing the debates, and they did it in Flint, Michigan, and literally every person on that stage vowed to fix the Flint water crisis. And then yeah. they, the same thing happened. The Republicans and all of them vowed to fix the Flint water crisis, and then nothing happened. You remember that? Yep. <laughs> hey, uh, I have a question. Why don't you just fix it? Well, uh, the hard part is it's all the pipes, the lead pipes that are having an issue. But right now, the hard part is now they're dropping all the uh, charges. And for me, yeah. reading the article, the first thing I thought was, well, all the citizens feel misused, yeah. abused, and it's only the public officials that are like, hey, this is a good thing. Um, right. <laughs> so I'm right. going to take a wild mm. guess and say those uh, officials aren't going to be in office next year. No. <laughs> they're all going to be thrown out. Um, that's just depressing and upsetting. That uh, Yeah, I mean, now it's going to take, a, what, another four years to convict them? That's like Jesus. If they're ever going to convict them. Yeah, and that's if, if they're going to convict them. Statue of limitations, all that fun jazz. Yeah. Um, but they say there's hope that it will restore justice. So who knows? My God. Stay strong, Flint. Next! Nebraska school administrators approved testing for nicotine in students involved in extracurricular activities. The dramatic increase in vaping and e-cigarettes convinced Fairbury public school officials that they should test students for nicotine as part of the random drug test given to students involved in extracurricular activities. Vaping and smoking, in our view, is reaching epidemic proportions, said Fairbury Superintendent Stephen Grissel. It's just a way we could deter kids from potentially being addicted to nicotine. Since smoking and using vaping products are against our policies, it makes sense to include that. Fairbury is one of a number of school districts in Nebraska that require random drug testing for students who want to participate in everything from athletics to future business leaders of America to marching band. The Fairbury district, about 50 miles southwest of Lincoln, is one of the first to include nicotine among the substance tested for. For about two years, students in the public junior high school who want to participate in extracurricular activities have been required to sign a consent form, along with their parents saying they, could agree, they agree to the monthly tests. This past week, the school board approved adding nicotine to the list of substances to be tested for during the year analysis test given by an Ohio-based company called SportSafe Testing Service. It works like this. Each student who participates in extracurricular activities is given an ID number. Each month, 10% of the ID numbers are chosen, and a representative from a local medical facility collects the samples, which are sent to SportSafe for analysis, Grizzle said. The nicotine tests will be set at a high level enough to eliminate students who may have inhaled secondhand smoke, said Chris Franz, one of the owners of the company. Grizzle said a handful of students each year have had tests that come back positive. When that happens, there's a list of consequences depending on the number of offenses, beginning with having to sit out 10 days and complete education requirements. It really helps the school to become a partner with the parents in helping deter kids from trying drugs and whatnot, he said. We are pleased with the community buy-in. I think parents know we are trying to be as proactive as possible, so I think that helps. He expects the number of students who test positive to increase when nicotine is included, but hopes it won't be a barrier to participation, and the number will ultimately go down. Dusty? I think this is absolutely insane. Um, One, technically, while it is illegal for younger people to possess, you know, or to buy nicotine, uh, it's not going to stop them from doing it. Correct. Um, Him saying he hopes that... uh, it would, I, the part that really stands out to me is he goes, he expects the number of students to test positive to increase when nicotine is included, but hopes it won't uh, be a barrier for participation. It's definitely going to be a bar- barrier for participation. Yeah. Um, imagine working at a place where uh, people smoke 
all the time. Right. You know, you're eventually going to get that secondhand smoke. And while he said they're going to test the barrier higher, so that doesn't include that, if you're exposed to it for longer periods of time, of course you're going to test positive exactly. for it. What if you're both your parents smoke? Yeah. We have had friends that we grew up with that both, and he had health problems, Elliot. In my yeah. Life. And so it's hard for me to sit here and be like, this is a good idea. When I was in college, uh, they wanted to make a tobacco-free campus. So no tobacco whatsoever on the campus, and there was no way to enforce it, because obviously they're not going to do drug tests on students. Uh, we fought back, and it definitely did not get passed. We said, this is a stupid idea. It's awful. You know, people are adults. They feel make their own decisions. In this way, they're talking about juniors and seniors, so 17 to 18 years old. If people want to smoke 17 to 18, personally, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, right now, they're trying to raise the smoking age to 21, which is, again, idiotic. Um, I don't know. You know, I get people are using vapes, and they have nicotine, and they're trying to deter people from smoking, but... 17 and 18, if you can be tried as an adult, I'm pretty sure you should be able to make your own life decisions. Right. This just seems like people trying to teeter in and dictate what people are going to do uh, with their lives, and I don't think that's fair. So. This is socialism. <laughs> no. no what, uh, I, I definitely support smoking and vaping if you are of age uh, and you should be able to do what you want. So, I mean, for me, I do totally get what this guy is trying to do. He is trying to – I mean – I don't know if you know if you guys know this. Smoking is bad for you. Really? But at the same time, what Dusty was saying, I mean, sometimes there's – I know my parents wouldn't let me – my parents would definitely not let me smoke or do anything that when I was in, uh, living at home so that I wouldn't – this wouldn't affect me anyway. But at the same time, if you have parents that do smoke – But that's the question. Where are the parents? Why is this being left to the school? to solve and not the parents well dusty if you know this but some parents suck ass but that but my point is here right if, if, if a if a student whose parents are awful right, right. want to participate in sports to better themselves but they also have a couple of flaws right now they're just being told they can't do it you know also you. uh your if your parents you should this should be left up completely to the parents the school should not be involved in this whatsoever it's not their business right um also they were saying um in the article that uh, it's against school policies. Um, unless they, in their school policy, says that they cannot test positive for nicotine, which I probably they might have changed that now. They're, what Who says they're smoking on school property? Well, that's the other thing, too, is nowadays the schools are really extending their reach. You know, I, I was reading Which I don't a, think they're allowed to I do. I was reading an article where uh, a student got suspended from school because he was driving recklessly. Was right? he at school? No, he was not. So that's what I, but I the school still it. punished him for it. So um, the school, I think, is starting to you know, get a reach that they should not be getting. Uh, if it doesn't happen on school property, if it's not happening in the classrooms, Fuck it off. should not matter. right? And that goes for everything. What, are they going to start doing te- testing them for alcohol? Yeah, you know, like well, yeah, like I mean, alcohol could be even worse because, like, in the state of Wisconsin, if you're under the age of 18, your parents can supply you alcohol, give you a drink. Uh, if you turn 18, they can't do that until you're 21, which is a strange rule, but they never right. updated after you know the drinking age raised. Um, I don't know, maybe for me, it just sounds crazy. This is just one of those things where um, I think the school is overreaching. You know, uh, leave the kids alone. I mean, also. To be honest with you, uh, I don't think a, a kid in high school who's smoking cigarettes is going to want to play uh, sports. But then that's when they throw in the extracurricular activities. You couldn't even be in the debate team or chess team or marching if, you smoke, band. if you smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. Or vape. 
or or even vape, which, which I mean, is, like I I started vaping, which sounds very hipster of me, but I started vaping when I was uh, a sophomore in high school, and I started coming out with these little vape like pen things you can use. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have been able to participate in anything if if I was testing. Not for that nicotine. you did. N- not yeah. <laughs> no, no. I, I, what I'm saying though is like uh, those little pens did contain nicotine, right? Uh, and if I were to be tested in high school to participate in what I was doing then, but I mean everything then that I was doing was hippie, so it really didn't matter because I was part of the journalism department and all that right. media stuff, so it really wouldn't have mattered. But if I was tested, I wouldn't have been able to participate in any of those things. So let kids be kids, you know. Don't right. don't ruin them. Don't ruin their lives because. You want to sit on a high and mighty horse. Just let them live their lives. But they're again, 18, 19, they're right. 17, 18. Let them do what they want. But again, Well, this is junior and high school. I have yeah. to remember. So this is for That's middle saying, schoolers, seven, too. No, it's a junior, senior high school. Yeah, I thought that means junior high and high school together. I was thinking that was junior year and senior year put together. No, I'm pretty sure that's middle school and high school together. Well, fuck me. Um, so, so, I mean, yeah. I so understandably, for, you know, if middle, middle schoolers school. were doing it, that's yeah. horrible. But at that point, high schoolers, you I know, mean, let them make their own by, decisions. By senior year and junior year, you and I were driving ourselves everywhere. We were paying for our own car. We were paying for our own insurance. We had a job. If we can do all that, I feel like they have the right to decide. Also, I was, for their I was 18 years old for more than half my senior year. I was. So, I, you and same. I were, yeah, yeah you, we're a week apart. So, you literally. For almost a, the whole year, we were legally obligated to buy cigarettes or nicotine products. We weren't obligated, but we were allowed <laughs> we, to. We, were, we, we, had the, we had the option. Because I could sign myself it. out of class. I could exactly. leave. I could do what I wanted. I was an adult. The school saw it as I was an adult. Now, that might not be the same all over the country, but in our school in particular, we or were seen as adults. Yeah. Um, and they wouldn't have cared. You know. Right. Now, if I had brought, and this did happen, somebody left school, got drunk, and then came back. Then that's the problem. But if I had left the building to, you know, smoke a cig and then come back in, no one's going to say anything because, you know, I was an adult. Um, also, I'll just walk to the sidewalk. <laughs> or, like, or your try car. Me, bitch. <laughs> Stand or in like, the middle of the road and be like, it's public property. <laughs> exactly. But at the same time, I do understand what they're trying to do. Like, what, well, I understand the parents' view of this if they see this and, like, oh, that's so great. But I don't know if that's actually what this uh, superintendent is actually his intentions are. I, I think he just wants to win an election. That or he likes control. Probably. Both. I'm hoping it's not true. I'm hoping he actually is genuine. I'm hoping he's actually just trying to deter kids from getting addicted to cigarettes and big. <laughs> but and saying it's a gate. But what I'm saying is, it also is deterring them from joining those organizations too. He said exactly. he's hoping it doesn't happen. But you just blocked off. I think the last statistic was 10% or 20% of the population smokes or vapes. They added Which, both and, those together. So you're just blocking off 20% exactly. of the student population that can participate. And, and honestly, that's not a very big percentage. Out of I mean, you know, one like, fifth, one five students wouldn't be able to participate. No, 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 no. That I meant like as a as a nation. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah that's not. Um, um, and, but like, but then like you and said, it's going down every year on its own naturally. Exactly. exactly. I'm, I'm still seeing the commercials. Um, and on like, the back of every pack of smokes, exactly. And I feel like uh, you know, no smoking in bars or restaurants anymore. I think it's a country well, thing. No, that's a Wisconsin. Thing. Is that just a Wisconsin thing? Yeah. Holy shit, we can go smoke in a restaurant somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's <laughs> besides the point. Um, not that we. You like can do it in do. Vegas. Well, and that's those are mostly casinos too. Yeah, but the restaurants are not. Anyway, well, I just didn't see it. But that's a different topic. Next, um, yeah. <laughs> Texas will now classify nine one one dispatchers as first responders giving them recognition and more benefits. 
They may not be on the front lines, but the emergency dispatchers still grapple with the emotion impacts of dealing with crises. That's one reason why Texas will soon classify 911 dispatchers and other public safety telecommunications professionals as first responders. Thanks to the new law signed by Governor Greg Abbott this week. The change will not only give dispatchers a degree of recognition alongside police, fire, and emergency medical services, but will also let them access benefits to help support their mental health, according to Amarillo Fire Department Captain Jeremy Hill, who manages the Amarillo Emergency Communication Center. The new classification will also include 911 dispatchers in a handful of existing Texas statutes, including one that provides first responders with training to deal with people who have traumatic brain injuries and another that protects them from being liable for civil damages when they help in an emergency. The law will go in effect September 1st. Great idea. I think this is absolutely fantastic. Um, First responders are the ones, I always call them the front lines because they're the ones dispatching people out, having to deal with crisis. I've listened to those emergency call, like, YouTube videos. Right. The one and they're thing, horrifying. Right. The one thing, the one I remember is that that's at Sandy Hook shooting. Oh, yeah. That woman who was on the phone with her the whole time. The one that I remember, I don't know, I fucking, this is fucked up, but like I always listen to those videos and like the one that I remember very vividly is this old woman had called in because there was somebody outside her house and so she called in she said, there's somebody weird outside my house and I saw them walking around and the dispatcher said, okay, you know, hide. And somebody's on their way out. Um, are you sure they're just not somebody looking for help or something like that? And she's like, no, I don't know. And next thing you know, she screams because the guy had broken through her door. And and all you hear is her say, no, no, no. And the phone goes blank. And I was reading up on it. And that woman was actually murdered while on the phone with this 911 operator. So those operators yeah. go through hell and back, too. Because uh, – um, Police officers and firefighters are there, and they're able to do something about it. They can't. They just sit there and, like... They have... All they can do is use their words and advice, but, you know... Sometimes that doesn't help. Right. Which Um. I agree with. Yeah. So, I think this is awesome, and it's uplifting. Um, Except for the whole murder story Except what Jesse just brought up. (laughs) Thanks. We wanted to end on a high note, but he just brought it back to a low note. Um, But uh, I I think it's great that they're getting more training now, uh, and they're protected... uh, under a couple statutes in Texas. I think this is great. I think this should be countrywide. Well, the big thing that I wanted to point out was the civil damages when they're trying to help out in an emergency. Yeah. Uh, if they tell somebody over the phone, you know, like, try CPR, right, they can be held liable if that person fucks it up. Right. So now they can't be. They can be like, try CPR. It's like a, a lot of the country is what we call Good Samaritan laws, which means if you're trying to help, you cannot be held liable if you do something wrong. Yeah. But on the flip of the coin – if you see somebody that needs help and you don't do anything, then you can be held liable because yeah. you didn't do anything to help. Well, it's, um, it's also uh, when I was going through CPR training, um, you have to ask permission. Unless unless they unless they're unconscious. Yeah. If they're unconscious, then you don't have to. But if they're conscious, like choking, and they're like looking at you, you have to look for a nod or anything. And Fun if fact. they say no, you can't help them. Fun fact. Did you know I am CPR certified? I am too. Yeah. Well, I was. I am until 2020. Ago. I was like, it expired two years ago for me. Oh, anyway. But yeah, so these stories were very depressing. We're sorry about Yeah, that. we're sorry about the low <laughs> note, but I mean, it did make us say, what the fuck? So, um, so yeah. But yeah. All right, everybody, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week when we say, what the fuck, and dive into more news that made us stop and do a double take.